All right. Uh, today, we're going to continue our series on Be the Church. And we have heard some great messages uh, the last few weeks on being the church through being the body by being um, joining God in, in his mission and also um, the, a family. And today is Be the Church, His Bride. So we're going to look at the role of husbands and wives, how it compares or parallels to the role of the church and Christ, the church which is the bride of Christ. And we're going to look at those roles and um, you see what Paul has to say to the church of, at Ephesus and also uh, peek into a scripture where Paul writes to the church at Colossae where he's, uh, the same message is sort of coming up. And Peter also, uh, I preached on that um, Back a few, a couple months ago, I believe, in First Peter chapter 3, where he's talking about um, the role of wives and husbands. And so it's an important thing that God wants us to understand and God wants us to hear. The theme keeps coming up. And um, prayerfully, um, as we look into it, that we will be obedient to God and we will um, step into the roles that God wants us to step into as his either husband or, you know, and when we look at the church as his bride and so that we can Please, God, in all that we do. Amen? All right. Uh, so if you can get your Bibles and turn to Ephesians chapter 5. I'm going to pray while you do that. Gracious God, we do thank you this morning for your blessings. God, you are awesome. You are great. There is none like you. We thank you for blessing us and allowing us to serve in your church to come together as a people, as ecclesia, body of believers, and to be your bride, and to honor you and adore you. We thank you for your word that you've prepared for us. Bless us, Lord, as we hear it, and that we also be doers of it. We thank you. We bless you in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. Amen. Uh, yesterday, I had an opportunity. We're talking about being the church, and this is a uh, a great shout out to Door Creek Church. Um, yesterday, um, I had a meeting with an African American brother um, at Starbucks, and uh, we didn't get kicked out. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and um, it's interesting because looking at the message of Be the Church, this fella, his mother had belonged to our church uh, for many years, and when our church closed up last year in April, he said he had been looking for me. He said, I've been searching for you, trying to find where you are, where your church is. He said, because, you know, I've been searching for the last six months, and I just couldn't find you. He said, this was the last straw. I said, I was about to give up. And my brother gave me your phone number, so I called you. Um, I'm having some marital problems, and I just really need to talk, and I really need some, some advice, and, and so on and so on. And uh, he said, but I was ready to give up. If I didn't get you this week, he said, I was just going to go to the church that I know of, the church that, that helped me and my family um, several years ago when my niece passed away, and we didn't have money to pay for her funeral costs. And this church came through and helped us pay all the costs and helped us bury my niece. He said, I was just going to go to that church. And um, he said, now, where are you at now? Where, where, where church are you pastoring now? And I said, well, I'm at Door Creek now. I'm at Door Creek Church. He said, you're kidding he said, because the church that helped me out was Door Creek. So he was going to end up here anyway, right? <laughs> yeah. So that's being the church. Door Creek was being the church, being 
about God's mission, as Pastor Ryan preached a couple weeks ago, being about God's mission. So you were about God's mission, helping a family that was in need to bury their loved one. So, so thank you, and, and God bless you for, for being the church and, and helping this family out and being an example and a message for Christ. So just want to let you know that. Amen. So we're going we're gonna to look at a, a subject again, and um, it's, it's interesting that I get to preach on this again. On, on the role of the wife and the husband, but, um, you know, God knows all things. So we look at Ephesians uh, chapter 5, and we're going to look at um, the role of the wives and the role of the husbands. Now, it's interesting because when, when we look at being, getting married and we look at a wedding, um, becoming a bride, the preparation and the presentation of the wedding is, you know, mostly about the bride, isn't it? Right, husbands? Right? It's my, she picks everything out, you know, um, pretty much the date too, uh, the time, you know, what you're going to wear, the colors we're going to have. Um, I think my wife let me pick out the napkins, uh, you know, <laughs> different things, you know. That, so the, the, all the preparation is, is all about her. And then even the presentation, when the day of the ceremony, you know, people always, you know, tell the bride, say, well, this is your day, you know. The groom, you know, he'll be there, but usually, and <laughs> most of the ceremonies I've done that I officiate, the groom is standing out there with me, all right? So he has no grand entrance. He's, you know, some people might do that, but most of the time, he's standing out there with the pastor. And so the bride gets the nice entrance, and everybody stands and, and welcomes the Oh, she's beautiful. And then, you know, she's standing up there glowing, and you're standing up there with six other guys. You know, which one's the groom? They all look alike, <laughs> you, know. <laughs> you know. So it's all about, it's all about the bride. And it's all, you know, that's all right because she's beautiful, she's radiant. And, but this is the position that us, we as a church, you know, God wants to, he wants us to be beautiful. He wants us to be radiant. He wants us to be, um, he, you know, he's going to present to himself a beautiful bride. And so, church, we have to step in our role so that we can be that bride that Christ wants us to be. There's something about living in the role that God has purposed, that God has ordained, the order that God has set. And so, um, by, so reading the scripture and, and getting upset with no one and just thanking God for his order and his creation and his word, we're going to dive into it, all right? Chapter 5, verse 22. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord, right? Submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. The key to this, par- to this sentence, or part of the sentence, the key to that is as you do to the Lord, as unto the Lord. That what you are doing, you're not doing it because of a man. You're not doing it because he is who he is, but you're doing it as unto the Lord. Your obedience is as unto the Lord. Your serving and, 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 and honoring and submitting is as unto the Lord, not because you're inferior, not because he's greater, not because he's smarter, because really in our relationship, my wife is the smarter one. So it's not because of anything natural. It's because it's the order that God has established. So we are obeying it because God said it. 
So it's not about my feelings. It's not about what I think. It's not about, well, she has more education than me than she should really lead. It's what God has set as his order. So submit yourselves to your own husbands as unto the Lord. If you keep as unto the Lord in mind, it's easier to fulfill the role that God has called you to do. Because when it comes down to, it's God that you have to please. It's God's will that you have to fulfill. So do it as unto the Lord. For the, Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, yes, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now, the Savior means one who saves, one who delivers, one who brings salvation to. He is the Savior. Christ is the head of of the church. Now, I don't think any of us would argue that fact. I don't think any of us would say, well, no, Christ doesn't need to be the head of the church. I need to be the head of the church, or the pastor needs to be the head of the church, or we need to be the head of the church. Christ is the head of the church. We are his body. We are his bride. He loves us. He cherishes us. He's going to pre prepare a radiant, glorious celebration for us because we are his bride. Now, use the word bride. Because bride usually represents, when someone introduces someone as their bride, you think, oh, they just got married. It's just a recent marriage. You know, no, oh, how many years? Less than a year. You know, this is my bride. You know, once you've been married for a little while, you know, and, and, now not everybody, but most men, most husbands, when they introduce their wife, they don't say this is like, we've been married 29 years. I don't introduce and say, this is my bride of 29 years. I say, this is my wife, 29 years. It's like, bride is like that new, fresh thing, you know. She's new, you know. But once in the mayor, five years, you know, then I'm a wife. As though, as though it's some servitude position or something, you know. I'm the wife. The bride, ooh, this is my bride. This is my wife. Oh. The bride, we should always celebrate and love and cherish them no matter how long or how short we've been married. They are our bride and they are radiant. They are glorious. They are our gift. God has given us our gift and we celebrate that. Amen. We celebrate that this is our love. This is our gift that God has given. And so we are the bride. Christ always looks at us as a gift, as his, his, his bride that he cherishes, that he loves. And when we serve him, we serve him. We, we submit to him because he is the head. He will lead. He will direct. Just like a husband is the head. It doesn't mean the husband makes all the decisions. It doesn't mean the husband says, your thoughts don't matter. This is all mine. This, I, I'm the head chief here. No, because you have to make decisions together. We make decisions together, my wife and I. We make decisions together because she has a brain and I have a brain. And sometimes my brain thinks something else, and hers thinks the right thing. <laughs> and, and we go with what she says because it's the right thing. But it doesn't mean I have given up my leadership. It means that, no, I need to use the gifts that God has given her so we can do the best for our family. That's, that's serving together. But the husband, when it all comes down to giving an answer to the fam for the family, it comes down to the husband. You have to give an account for your family. God has made you the head. Just like Christ gives an account for the church to God. This is my bride, and I've done everything to make sure that she's presented in the way that God, my Father, desires for the church to be. So we look at that, and we, we're the body of Christ. We're, he's our Savior. He's the head of everything that we do. 
It goes on, now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Okay, the key to that verse is everything. Everything. Submit to their husbands in everything. Why does Paul repeat this in verse 24, as he said in 22, we, you know, it's like we heard it the first time, Paul. Why do you have to repeat it? Because he wants you to understand that submitting to your husband is not just uh, a, 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 a um, option of when you want to do it. He says submit in everything, finances, decisions, all of those things. You, we submit to the authority and the head that God has set. Okay? I don't want to make anybody just uncomfortable or mad, but you know, the truth sometimes does that. But we have to play and live in our roles that God has set for us. Now, some of you out there might say, well, I'm not even married. So, I'm not even listening to this. <laughs> not listening to this. Well, you can use these same principles in any relationship. Okay? You can use it in work relationships. You know, you know sometimes workers think, think they know more than their boss or their supervisor, and they say, I'm not submitting to him because I got more education than, than him or her or da-da-da. So, you know, I've been here longer. You know, whatever it is, live in the role that you are in. Prosper where you're planted. Okay? In your relationship, it'll be well because you do it as unto God. Anything you do, do as unto God, and it will help you. When you don't like somebody, you say, I'm going to look bit past them because I'm doing this for God. Amen. And they make you mad. And, you know, I don't always, you know, say everything right. My wife says, you know, I really didn't like what you said. You know, I have to say, ooh, I have to go back and apologize. But I'm apologizing because I want to show my love for Christ by loving her. I can't say, I can't say oh, I love Jesus so much and then treat her anyway. I have to love her, and I want to show that love I want to show Christ how much I love him by loving the gift that he has given me and my wife. So I do it as unto the Lord. And the wives submit to the husbands in everything, everything. So that's the first thing Paul stresses. Wives submit. But then he doesn't end. He goes on, husbands, love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Look what God is preparing his bride to be radiant, cleansed, holy, without wrinkle, without spot, and without blemish and blameless. This is what Christ wants. Now, he said, that's a lot of work. That's a, he's going to do a lot of work on us. Well, that's why he's Christ, because he's loving, he's patient, he's kind. When we mess up, when we, when we screw up, when we put spots on us, he cleanses us. He cleans us up because we are his bride. He loves us. He gave himself for us. He gave up his glory in heaven so that he could be married to his church to present to himself, radiant and glorious church. And the husbands are loving their wives. You might say the husbands have an easier command than the wives, but it's not always easy. It's not always easy. When husbands, I know that sometimes things just don't go the way you want them to go. Sometimes things are falling apart all around you. Sometimes you want to blame somebody else for something that's going on. Sometimes you, you, it's, it's not easy 
to dig down deep sometimes and say, ooh, I just got to gotta love. I got to love. I don't like what she said, but I got to love. I got to love her. Yes, you got to love her. Because how many things did you say that Christ still loves you? How many things did you do? How many promises did you break? How many times did you tell Jesus, I won't do it again? And you did it again. But he said, ooh, I don't like what you're doing, but I still love you. I don't like that you fail five times in one week, but I still love you. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church. That means you can't give up on her. If you don't love her, don't expect her to submit to you. <laughs> yeah. You want everybody submitting to you, but you don't want to love. No. Love first. It's easy for a woman to submit to a man who's loving. Thank you. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. I submit to your yes. Thank you. It's easy when you love. Because remember, you can only love when you are attached to God. We don't, if we're not attached to God, then we don't know how to love. We don't have the capacity to love. But when we are connected with Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, our King, our God, when we are connected to him, then we have the capacity to love. Wives, when you are connected to Jesus, you have the capacity to submit because you're submitting to him. You're submitting to him. Submit does not mean you, have, you, know, you no longer have a voice. You don't have a will. You don't have a brain. You don't have a thought. Submissive doesn't mean you're a doormat. Whatever he says, that's it. If he says it, well, you know, no. My kids learn real quick. If they know something that I'll say yes to, they'll come to me. <laughs> it's something they know mom will say yes to, they go to her. They learn that. But whatever decision we make, we make it together. <laughs> well, never mind. <laughs> I have, yeah, I'll leave that alone. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I try my best. I do my best. You know our fathers are. We're pushovers, right? Our kids, you know, especially the girls, they can just get anything out of you. Oh, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, so I have to submit. I have to love. Oh, she has to love me through it. I have to love her through it. I have, she has to submit to whatever decision, and I have to submit to whatever it is that's the best for our family because I have to give an account for that. Okay? But the bottom line, the, the outcome is that we are then presented through all of our loving and through all of our submitting, submission, we are presented a radiant church. We are presented as the bride of Christ. And when we live in that love and when we live in that role that Christ has made us and we allow him to radiate us and we allow him to cleanse us, then we become that beautiful bride of Christ instead of the bride of Frankenstein. We are the bride of Christ. We are beautiful in his eyes. I know we might have some scrapes. We might have some bumps. We might have some bruises. We might be up and down sometimes, but he loves us through it all. Christ loves us through it all because we are his bride and he's committed to us because he laid down his life. He laid down his life 
for us. He's not going to dare back out of this now. He's married to it. God told Israel, he said, I'm married to you. And Israel was in a backslidden case, um, um, uh, a situation. God said, I'm married to you. Oh, backsliding Israel, I'm married to you. He's committed all the way through. We've got to be committed in our relationships. So wives submit, husbands love. He ends this verse, in the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. That's pretty self-explanatory, isn't it? He who loves his wife should love her like he loves his own body. You take care of your body, take care of your wife. You do things to make your body better, do things to make your wife better. Treat her as you would treat yourself and as Christ would treat his bride, us, the church. Live with that example because this is the word. This is not an article. This is not in a bestseller book. Well, the Bible is a bestseller book, so I shouldn't say that. It's not something that a man wrote as far as an idea that he has. This is anointed. This is God's word breathed from God. And he knows his order. His order is foolproof. His order is perfect. His order can stand through the test of times. And he just wants us to obey. We're going to look at the... Uh, there's three things I'm going to look at in our relationship as the word um, it says. But in uh, Colossae, um, Colossians, uh, Paul wrote to the uh, church of Colossae, Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. As is fitting in the Lord. And that's important because, and you can get that, you can write that scripture down, Colossians 3, um, verse 18 and 19. I don't have it on the slide. But wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as it is. As is fitting in the Lord. As is fitting in the Lord. And we have to understand that, that if your husband wants you to submit to something that's contrary to God, then it's not fitting in the Lord. Right? They want you to do something say, oh, you know, I said do it, so do it. You know, you said, you know, wife said, no, this, is, this would not be pleasing to God. You know, the word is against it. This is contrary to God's will. What did the Bible say? Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands. And wives, remember, say, yeah, as unto the Lord, as is fitting in the Lord. Okay? You've got scripture to go back. Say, listen, I don't have to obey. If it's something that's going to violate my relationship with God, then I have to obey God rather than obey you. Okay? I'm not trying to start fights in the home. Okay? I'm just trying to put order in the home. Okay? We are obligated to obey God's word and oh, to, and to love and to submit as it is fitting in the Lord. He says the rest of the Colossians, he says, husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. <laughs> do, not, <laughs> do not be harsh. Watch your tone. Watch what you say. Don't roll your eyes. Don't do that. Don't do that. 
Don't be harsh with them. If you wouldn't be harsh with Christ, if you don't want Christ to be harsh with the church, then live as Christ would. Love them. Be good to them. Cherish them. Lift them up. Adore them. Remember, this is the ceremony. This is the, this is the here she comes down the aisle. Everybody's standing, and you're sitting there crying with tears in your eyes because your bride is so beautiful. And after you say, I do, I don't. This is your bride. Love her as Christ loves us. He presents us his radiant bride. And it's a beautiful relationship. Let's examine three things about the bride in our relationship with the bridegroom. How do we gain? How do we get in relationship with Christ? John 3.16, nobody knows that. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Okay? He told Nicodemus, you must be born again. So we, we know that we come into relationship by accepting Christ. Romans says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. We come in relationship with Christ by believing and receiving that he is the Son of God. He died and he rose again. We gain that relationship. We become married to him when we accept him. Not everybody that's born into the world is married to Christ, is, is in relationship with Christ. Just because you were born so he created, he loves everybody, but you have to be in relationship with him. So you gain that by accepting him and receiving him. And you become his bride. You become a part of the body, the church that he has ordained. In this relationship, how do we maintain it with Christ? So it's not just about being in a relationship. Now it's, all, it's about maintaining that relationship. Maintenance. If you own a home, if you own any kind of business or building or anything like that, you have to take care of it. You have to, main, you have to do maintenance. You have to have a preventive maintenance plan. Church, we have to have a preventive maintenance plan for our relationship with Christ. That means being a part of a small group. That means coming to a prayer meeting. That means coming to church every, at least every now and then. That means having uh, prayer partners. That means some way to maintain that relationship so that when something breaks, if, if it should break down, it might not be so bad because you've done some maintenance on it. The Word says in Philippians 4, chapter, eight, um, ch chapter 4, verse 8 9, he says, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, what? Think on these things. So you maintain your relationship by thinking on the things that are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, good report. If there's any virtue, if there's any praise, think on these things. And there is praise. There's some glorious praise. Praise is comely for the upright. It's commonly for the upright. God inhabits the praises of his people. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. 
We praise him by lifting him, telling him how much we adore him, telling him how much we love him. Christ, you are magnificent. You are wonderful. You are excellent. You are awesome. I just love you every day, Jesus. This is how you maintain that relationship, telling the Lord how much you love him, even when things are bad, even when things are falling apart, even when chaos is at your doorstep. Jesus, I still praise you. Hallelujah. He's good. Praise is good. He loves our praise. He lives in our praises. Every day his name is being cursed by millions of people. People are cursing the name of the Lord. They are denying him every day. They are cursing him. And we wonder, how does God stay encouraged? Because one praise from a little one like me can erase all the cursing that he hears. Don't hold back your praise for the wonderful bridegroom that wants to present us as a radiant bride for him. Adore him and praise him and lift him. And let him know how much you love him. And you will maintain that relationship. It'll be that's with, with, your, with your spouse in a relationship. You got to take care of it. In a work relationship, in a business partnership, you got to maintain it. You got to take care of it. Let me finish. How do we retain this relationship? Okay, we've gained it. We maintained it. Now, how do I retain it? How do I keep it? How do I keep it? Keep it. I don't want to lose it. I beseech you, brethren, Romans 12. I beseech, I beseech you, brethren, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Right? Be not conformed to the world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you retain it by transforming every day. You got to transform. That means you go from this to that. You change from this to that. Yesterday I had a bad day, but today it's going to be better. That's a transformation. Yesterday I had an attitude all day, but today I'm going to smile and I'm going to be happy. That's a transformation. You renew your mind every day. That's how you keep that relationship with Christ. Not just, you know, you, you, you got it now. You maintain it by praising him. Now you retain it. By renewing your mind, studying his word, dropping on your knees and praying, saying, Lord, you know, again, Lord, thank you for this day. Presenting yourself to him a living sacrifice, not a dead sacrifice, a living sacrifice. That's holy and acceptable unto him, which are the same kind of words he says he presents his bride. Holy, radiant, acceptable. Don't be conformed. Don't. Deform into what the world says, but transform into what God wants you to be. I pray that your relationships will transform as you renew your mind. Transform. The relationship with the bride, one of submission to his authority, his authority, capital H. The responsibility of the bride is to honor through humility and, and pleasure through praise. Okay? So we honor him through our humility and we bring Christ's pleasure through our praise. The rewards of the bride is that we become radiant, spotless, unwrinkled, unblemished. Unblemished. Yeah, I know. 
I make a lot of mistakes. I got a lot of hangups. I got to, you know, we all have hangups. We all hung up. You know, we got them all. But Christ is working. He, remember, he says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. No, he's, going, he's, he's preparing something great for us to present us to himself. Now, you know he's got to be wonderful. He's got to be, he's got to be something bad to present to himself. Usually it's the father by presenting, you know, presenting, he presents to himself. Hallelujah. So don't you think if he's presenting something to himself, don't you think he knows what he wants of us? If I'm picking something out, I'm going to say, I want this, I want that, I want that, I want that, I want that. Okay? When I, when I married my wife, the Lord knew what I needed and what I wanted. He prepared her for me. He knows what he wants. We are his church. There are things that can hinder our relationship. Un- unfaithfulness, dishonoring, neglect, and your past. Don't let your past destroy what God is doing now. The real rewards of a relationship with the bridegroom is bliss, enduring love, united bond, and mutual care. What's conducive to our relationship is to have trust, love, communication, loyalty. Now, I tell couples that are getting married in premarital counseling, I say there's three things that can destroy your marriage. One is money, lack of communication, number two. The third is in-laws. <laughs> really, that's a, a serious thing. It's research study, in-laws. Not, not everybody. I got, I got wonderful in-laws. Okay, but they could get in and mess up the relationship if you let them, you know, let them in. You remember, you're not married to your family. You're married to your bride. What Christ does for the bride, what Christ does for his bride, he loves, protects, sacrifices, honors, cares, and provides. And what the bride does for her bridegroom, Christ, is honors, submits, follows, worships, loves, and adores. So let's walk in our roles and let's bless Christ. Let's love him like we never loved him before. And let's be transformed every day by the renewing of our minds. Amen. 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 Let us pray, and we're going to prepare for communion. Maybe you're here today and you heard about this great Christ, but never got into relationship with him. Well, you can pray this today. By asking God to forgive you for your sins and saying, I want to be a follower of Christ. I want to be a part of this body that's the bride of Christ. Dear Lord, I confess that I'm a sinner. Forgive me for all my sins. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He died for my sins. He rose for my life. Today, By grace, through faith, I receive you, Jesus, as my Savior. I am a part of the body of Christ, the bride of our Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen.